0: Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So if you've ever been bumped from a flight or delayed on a flight and wondered, hey, I wonder if I can get some compensation for that. Well, in a few moments, the folks from Air Help will join us with some compensation advice and talk about just knowing your rights as a passenger in general Plus, we'll chat with travel writer Alona Karemsky about her recent blog on shipsahoy.com called The Seven Bragging Rights on an Alaska Summer Uncruise. And a little later, we'll rediscover the Caribbean island of Dominica almost two years after Hurricane Maria. But as we mentioned, we're going to begin our podcast this week talking about your rights as an airline passenger and what you can do if you've been bumped from a flight or delayed. So to help us out is Ray DeLaRosa. She is the head of social media for Air Help. The website is airhelp.com. Hi, Ray.
1: Hello, Randy.
0: Uh, So AirHelp, I guess the name itself kind of implies what you guys do, but uh, how long has it been around and how did it all begin?
1: So we've been around for more than six years and basically um, our CEO was on a trip somewhere and his flight was uh, canceled or delayed and he was like, how do I get um, compensation for this? There was no one around to help him. He found out uh, as a European, or uh, depending on which law you are in, in what country, there are specific laws that can help you get compensation for um, flight disruptions. Um, And he figured out that there was no one else doing this, so he figured, why not? create a company to help others learn about their air passenger rights um, and help them claim compensation when possible.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's a confusing thing, right? Because there's so many jurisdictions around the world. and Canada, here we've got some uh, new regulations that have uh, popped up that seem to be kind of confusing. But uh, I guess it depends on uh, where you're going, where you're landing, and where you are, right?
1: That is correct. Um, there are a lot of different laws I mean, I know that Canada is going to be having some new ones that are starting in December, and I think you already have a few
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that just were um, were passed. Um, so basically, what AirHelp is trying to do is help other people know about their air passenger rights. So in Europe, there's one law called EC 261. We've helped over 13 million people. Um, we've helped over 13 million people learn about their rights um, and claim compensation. So basically, want to help people in Canada do that as well, because new laws, a lot of people probably don't know about it. So mm. we kind of want to help you do that.
0: So how does it work?
1: So basically, um, the easiest thing to do is to go to airhelp.com, uh, plug in your information, and depending on the jurisdiction, where you were flying, what you were doing, um, we have actually some AI bots that help us to look at all these different flights to help decide which ones will be eligible and which will not be eligible. And it looks at all the different laws from a lot of different countries. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, it is a lot faster than if you did it yourself, because we have all these robots looking through all this information and data. And then once it's eligible, um, we can take care of everything for you. So that means um, all the paperwork. um, If it needs to go to court, we also do that. Um, Waiting online and telephone queues. So basically, you can kind of just do it and leave it. And then um, if you don't win, you don't pay a fee at all. So it's basically almost a risk-free kind of situation uh, in terms of compensation.
0: Is there a certain protocol that people should um, begin with uh, when it comes to getting compensation? Or should they just go straight to you and make it easier?
1: I mean, of course, you can claim these all on your own. um, But we basically did uh, a study on a lot of different cases, and we found out that almost half of valid compensation claims actually get wrongfully rejected by airlines in the first place.
2: Mm. So
1: you could claim it yourself, um, but then they could wrongfully reject you. Sometimes people will just get this email from them, and they'll say, "Okay, it's not, it's not eligible," and they'll leave it at that. However, if we did it for, if AirHelp did it for you, we would look at it, say, "Okay, this claim is actually eligible," and AirHelp will fight for your rights on your behalf, and we'll take them to court if we need to.
0: Uh, so now just using an example, so people are kind of clear on on this muddy water of depending on where you are, what airline you're flying with. Uh, supposing I'm on a KLM flight to uh, Toronto, or sorry, from Toronto to London, and I have a stopover in London, and then I'm going on to Frankfurt, for example, just using this as mm-hmm. an example, that, that uh, portion of... Of Once I land in London uh, and I'm flying in within Europe, I'm under the, uh, the umbrella of the European air passenger rights. Am I sort of getting the gist of that?
1: So because it would be KLM, which is a European airline, and you're flying to a European country on a European airline, then yes, if your flight was disrupted, so delayed mm-hmm. by more than three hours, or it was cancelled, or even if you were denied boarding, um, then you would be eligible for compensation.
0: Uh, and, and this is where air help comes in. The question of, do I have a right to a compensation? Uh, the answer is, it depends, right? <laughs> right? Because it depends on so many different factors, right?
1: Absolutely. There's the factor of um, the airline. I mean, especially in case of EC261 in Europe, the airline itself, um, how long it took until you arrived and also the distance. Um, but I would really, really suggest that everyone goes to airhelp.com and check out the Know Your Rights section because 87% of air travellers actually don't know their rights. Mm-hmm. So Only 1 in 10 passengers essentially know that they have rights.
0: Is there one sort of general thing that uh, every air passenger should know? I know there's a lot of things that they probably don't know, but is there sort of one that you can sort of recommend? Well,
1: there's one that I think is pretty important. So... There's a lot of information on different countries about denied boarding. Um, So if someone, if the airline is asking you, does anybody want to volunteer Mm -hmm. to not be on this flight? If you volunteer, you would not be eligible for compensation. Or if they say, we'll give you a voucher for 100 euros, um, and then you sign something, then you also would not be eligible. It has to be involuntary. So if you want to get compensation and your flight is going to be cancelled and you need to get there, don't volunteer to, to be canceled.
0: Well, that's a good piece of advice. You can find more information on the AirHelp website. It's airhelp.com. And Ray DeLaRosa is head of social me- media for uh, AirHelp. Uh, you've been helpful already, uh, Ray. Appreciate your time. Thank
1: you so much. It was great to talk to you.
0: Well, taking a cruise to Alaska is one of the best ways to explore that area of the world. And travel writer and producer of My Compass TV, Alona Karemsky, recently wrote about it in a blog for ShipSahoy.com called The Seven Bragging Rights on an Alaska Summer Uncruise. And Alona is here now to share her experience. Hi, Alona.
3: Hello, Randy. Uh,
0: so tell me, you know, I've, I've cruised uh, many times uh, in the summertime to Alaska, spent two summers with Holland America doing that, actually. So I'm very familiar with Alaska, but how is it different doing a cruise with UnCruise Adventures?
3: UnCruise Adventures is one of those cruise companies that offers the ultimate in wildlife viewing. So you are definitely going to be guaranteed critter watching at all times. Uh, It's basically what time of day are you going to get up to do all that. Uh, And the whole thing with uh, UnCruise is it's a smaller ship and they call themselves an expedition vessel. So imagine what expedition means.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into that with seven bragging rights on Alaska's Alaska summer uncruise. Let's talk about bragging right number one.
3: Okay. Uh, my my first big bragging right is how how on earth can you view orcas within 30 minutes of getting on board your ship? That's what happened to me on the Uncruise Alaska SS Legacy uh, this past summer. Uh, We're munching down on cool salmon, and all of a sudden the captain alerts the whole uh, ship that there's whales viewing, and we ran up and uh, immediately saw this orchestra of orcas. Little did we know they were orcas until afterwards, because the experts were on hand uh, giving us some really cool narration. Mm
0: -hmm, Very good. I always found it very funny when uh, the captain would come on board, whether it was uh, a bear or or whales or whatever, and... Say whales on the starboard side, and everyone's scrambling, wondering what the starboard side is. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the views are in- incredible. Let's talk about the ship itself.
3: Yeah, the ship is a uh, interesting um, retro look. It feels more like uh, one of those steam uh, river ships that you would see back in the old Victoriana days. But it's uh, a replica that was built in the mid 80s, uh, and it's about four levels. It's got, um, you know, the, the required uh, everything, the cabins, the dining area, uh, and also the lounge area, so um, as far as um, places to go and do things, there are plenty of those on board, but it's more uh, on an intimate, smaller scale, because it's uh, a vessel that's equipped for about 90 passengers.
0: And uh, that also bodes well into where you can go, which let's talk about that a little bit. Where did you begin your cruise and and what were some of the stops?
3: Sure. So, um, you know, when you were talking about doing your cruise um, on uh, something like a Holland America, those those usually start off in Anchorage and would go to um, bigger hubs and also go more ocean cruising. Uh, In my case, with UnCruise, um, SS Legacy, we started in Juneau, Alaska, and we ended in Juneau, Alaska. And uh, originally I thought, wow, well, are we going to see the same thing? But not at all, because the uh, cruise takes you to uh, non-people ports. And you are going on to excursions, literally, uh, in these uh, islands that you would not even know they even had names because they're they're just uh, desert islands with no um, life other than the bears. And um, it would take you to these cool fjords that would uh, just continue to go on and on, as in the old John Muir days. I like to say he mm-hmm. was cool naturalist that actually uh, explored the inside passage which was the place our playground for the whole week
0: nice uh, getting back to the ships now uh, bragging right number three on your article is the rooms tell me about the rooms itself or the cabins I guess they're called oh
3: yeah um, you know the rooms are are different from the regular ships in the way that um, there there's no big bells and whistles they're they're basic but the um, size is is large enough to handle two people Uh, my husband and I were uh, sharing a cabin, the Commodore cabin and all the uh, essentials were there like the necessary charging ports we had uh, like a TV screen uh, that allowed us to watch DVDs uh, and there was a nice binocular sitting there at the uh, window, uh, complimentary use for <clears throat> any of the wildlife viewing that could have taken place as we're sitting in our room enjoying <laughs> it. And, uh, and then, you know, you've got this wonderful little note at the end of the day when you're out uh, and about and doing all the excursions and you finish your cool dinner and you watch some of the more Whale watching, and you return to your room. Wouldn't you know? There's this cool turn down service. So they dim the lights, they have the turn down, and it just makes it feel that much more cozy and mm-hmm. more special. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, as and that goes back to your your point about you know the intimate service and on the, the whole overall experience, which is uh, you, you can sort of tie into the rest of your bragging rights uh, all in one. Could you not?
3: You certainly can. You get that personalized service. Exactly, Randy. That is fundamental. Uh, And the crew ratio for my uh, trip was phenomenal. We only had about 46 passengers. So... We had pretty much like two to one, practically, for crew ratio. So everybody was very um, uh, aware of what interesting needs you may have had to have, or they knew when to leave you alone. So it was, it was just perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. And you kind of get to know everybody after, after a week, right?
3: Oh, yeah. We became this really cool um, collective. It was like <laughs> a family within families. Yes.
0: Well, let's talk about the food. That is another bragging, right? And that's well why a lot of people oh. love cruising. And a lot of people yeah. love going to Alaska, different types of foods, right?
3: Amazing. Yeah. In my story, I said, hey, it is sublime. The uh, chef on board, uh, uh, a younger chap, but hey, he's got total street cred. Um, the chef has been able to enjoy and learn about cuisine around the world, uh, primarily in the Caribbean. So, He's originally from the um, California Joshua Tree area as well, so I kind of called it like, get ready for a party in your mouth because <laughs> you you're just going to be uh, opening up to a burst of. Spices And it's amazing how they can just marry local ingredients with the spices and then throwing in the seafood, which was like the best ever. That was my huge, big bragging right. Where else can you eat Dungeness crab unlimited serving mm-hmm. on an uncruise? How's that for you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, was there something that you couldn't fit into the article that, uh, you know, you just ran out of space and go, yeah, I'd like to have ad- added that, but.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is it. Um I wanted to let everybody know, like all the cool things that I experienced. There, but one of the notes I really wanted to have room for was to look more closely at the excursions because they created um, itineraries that were for folks that were really high adrenaline seekers that needed that impact and get out there and and uh, pretty much um, you know have high energy the whole time they're out there. Mm-hmm. To a um, slower style, but it still involved outdoor adventure. So. I wanted to try and get more interesting notes on that and one of the fun stories is that I wanted to share was um an excursion that they note is bushwhack. Now when I heard that word bushwhack I thought what the heck is that? How am I even going to start to do that? And of course, it's just this um, on-land excursion, and you're literally thrown into a forest, and you are literally whacking bushes. <laughs> so uh, that's that's what you can expect. And if you're wanting to do that, go for it, because it is bear country, after all.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: and uh, my, uh, col- my friend that I met on board uh, was hilarious from New York, and they spent all day doing the bushwhack. It was called yak, yak bushwhack. And she uh, ended up having amazing illusions of a bear coming close to her. And sure enough, um, off in the distance, there was a bear. <laughs> And when did this happen? When she was munching on her salmon wrap. Oh, my gosh. All food to give me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, just cool little notes like that. I just so Mm -hmm. love.
0: Seven bragging rights on an Alaska summer uncruise. You could have added more. You can find the article on shipsahoy.com. And Alona Karemsky is a travel writer and producer of My Compass TV. Always a pleasure to chat, Alona.
3: Thank you so much, Randy. I so enjoyed it.
0: Well, it's been almost two years since Hurricane Maria devastated the Caribbean island of Dominica, so I thought we'd get an update on how the island is doing as far as tourism goes. To give us some insight is Jerry Grimack. He's the Canadian rep for Dominica Tourism. Their website is discoverdominica.com. Hi, Jerry.
4: Hey, Randy. How are you, my good friend? As they say in Dominica,
0: fete See?
4: for what's going on. What's
0: up? <laughs> It sounds worse than what it really means. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice greeting, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking on the calendar, we are coming up to the two-year anniversary of Hurricane Maria in September. So, what can you tell me? I know uh, Dominica was really blasted by Hurricane Maria. Uh, so, how uh, how is it now? And you know what? Great
4: point, Randy. It's been two years since. Like, you know, we've two calendar year calendar year numbers, so to speak, later. Dominica has been flourishing, has been great. And it's no pun intended because it is known as the nature island. But we can say that numbers have been growing for Dominica. We're at an increase of numbers. So we're very happy for Canadian visitors and, and North America and global visitors to be coming back to Dominica and rediscovering it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so I that's think been the, a huge plus. I think there's always a dilemma when, something, uh, when tragedy d- does strike an island uh, like Dominica that ri- relies so much on tourism. On the one hand, as a tourist, you, wanna be, uh, you don't want to be a hindrance, and you don't want to use up valuable resources going there too soon, but you also want to help out by generating revenue for them, right?
4: That is exactly it. Because a lot of islands throughout the world, not just the Caribbean, they depend on tourism. That's that's one of their money makers. So they want to make sure they continue that.
0: So in general, now let's just talk about uh, Dominica in general. Uh, you mentioned it's uh, it's uh, an island for nature lovers, and I have been there, and it really is. Uh, you know, I don't want to use the word underdeveloped because it's not but it's not the same as some of the other Caribbean islands. Am I being uh, right about that?
4: You're 100% right, Randy, because you've experienced it firsthand. You know what? I use the word as well. It's underdeveloped, but in a positive way. It's almost like they say, again, not to say it negatively, but it's, it's the land that time forgot
2: mm-hmm. because
4: it's the traditional Caribbean. Nature is still a priority. They're not overdeveloped by chains and, and huge you know, concrete places and lights. Everybody that builds properties has to work with the island to make sure it's sustainable. You know, You can't have too many lights because you have wildlife and birds that have a natural ecosystem there. So you have to be very careful of that. And you've been there and you've seen that. Mm-hmm. They want to maintain that for years to come. Because unfortunately, so many people have been overdeveloped that it's, it's gone. It's, you've had those growing pains, as they say, where it affects you know the wildlife. It affects the land. It affects the people. So that's a key thing to keep in mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the website, again, is uh, discoverdominica.com. On there, <laughs> unspoiled and unrivaled. I guess I should have used that word, unspoiled. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <right>. that's, <laughs> nice. See, that's, that's the marketing lingo that's at work right there. (laughs) (laughs) And it also says everything to see is a must-see. We only have (laughs) a few minutes here, but what are some of the must-sees that people should be doing when they're on uh, the island of Dominica?
4: Well, there's Scott's Head, and in our logo, you'll see the head, and it's almost like Scott's Head is in Roseau, which is the capital, Mm -hmm. and that's the capital where the cruise ship comes in, where they have the market, they have a number of hotels and properties and attractions. Scott's Head's like, you could overlook the island, and the Roseau area, the market, it's very beautiful. We have it on our site. There's also Champagne Reef, which is, when you swim underwater, it's boiling from a, from a dormant volcano, mm-hmm. but it's, you, there's bubbles underneath, so it looks <laughs> like you're swimming through Champagne, uh-huh. <laughs> which is very unique. We are one of, not, ma- not many may know this, but we are, I would say, the whale-watching capital of the Caribbean. We have a very high success rate for whale-watching sperm whales. Mm -hmm. And you can view them. You could, of course, see dolphins. And it's a very exciting time when it's seasonal to be able to view whales Nice. as well. You mentioned earlier about adventure, the diving and the hiking. There is 365 rivers in Dominica, one for every day of the year. So that's an exciting aspect. So I
0: guess you want to stay there for years. <laughs> <laughs>
4: we would love that. <laughs> we just have to come up with a package to be able to ho- host you for that long.
0: Uh, exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, tell me about Boiling Lake. I see that on the website here.
4: Oh, yes. Boiling Lake has been well known within Dominica. It's one of the draws there, and people go there to just sort of uh, swim. It's in Trois Pitons National Park, mm-hmm. which is, believe it or not, Dominica's World Heritage site. Mm, okay. So this is very key for people to go in there. You'll see vapors there. The higher you go, the elevation, I mean, the lake is what, 200 feet, 250 feet across. You'll see vapors coming up. It's just the, it's the height. It's that latitude, I believe it is, mm. where you see everything and you're at such a high point that, you know, it could rain up there, but it doesn't rain down below.
0: Uh, well, if you're a lover of nature, Dominica is great, but you also have to eat, right? So what are some of the local foods that uh, there are must-tries?
4: Well, this is what I love to do in Dominica. Now, Dominica is a root-based island. There's a lot of growth going on, so there's, there's a lot of like, starches like uh, yucca, potatoes, um, peas, there's just a lot of root-based uh, vegetables that grow there. So they do a lot of different things. They'll do like provision pies, which is kind of like a mini, instead of a meat pie, it's like a vegetable pie. Okay. Little things like that. Seafood is big. Throughout mm. the Caribbean, seafood. You'll get lobster, which are smaller to the traditional ones that we're used to here in Canada, which are larger, you know, from Maine or, yeah. or yeah. you know, more, more from Halifax or Nova Scotia. So it's, they're spinier and smaller, but they're tastier. And you'll get shrimp as well. That's caught there. Fresh fish is a huge plus. I mean, Dominica has won awards for their macro underwater life for for people to dive. And photographers come here just to you know to Dominica just to film underwater to see everything. So mm. there's an abundance of fish and seafood available.
0: Now, getting around the island. Uh, now, back, also back to maybe some of the destruction of Hurricane Maria. Uh, how is the infrastructure there? Getting around and even getting there. Period.
4: Well, so getting there, it's you have to connect, but you could connect through Barbados and Antigua. Mm-hmm. The good news is we promote island hopping. Hey, if you have to <laughs> stop somewhere and spend a few hours, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy why America not, right? You come to Dominica. Why not? Right. Exactly. Because you go to Europe and you could take a train somewhere else, right? Mm. So you, get, you feel like you've extended your vacation by going to two different places. You connect, so you can take WestJet, Air Canada, Sunwing even, you can take everybody to Antigua or Barbados, and from there you would connect with like a Liat to go to Dominica. It's like Mm, 45 minutes. Okay. And the best part is, you go there, you can enjoy everything, the infrastructure, the roads are perfect. They're winding roads, so you're going to get a lot of different views of the island, Mm -hmm. which is great, because it's literally almost like it's carved through the mountains to go down. And i got to tell you, it's, the roads are back. It's 100%. Everything is great. In fact, we're very excited to say that three new properties have launched or are going to be launched.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: And I'll quickly go over them for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. The one that just launched is Jungle Bay Resort. And this is an eco-haven, literally. They collect the water. They grow their own vegetables and herbs. Natural lighting. A lot of windows and natural lighting, natural air. They don't want to use too much electricity. So they are very, they've just opened mm-hmm. in July. I was there. I'm very excited to say it's a beautiful property. Nice. Great food. And the second is opening up in October, end of October, is going to be the new Kabinski Hotel, which is a five star beachfront property, if you would believe. Nice. And it's they say it's Dominica's. First beachfront property, five-star luxury. So it's a very exciting time. And the good news is I was telling you about you don't want to overdevelop. They work with the locals to make sure that the infrastructure and sustainability is there. For example, hiring the local students, mm-hmm. giving back to the community for the sporting events and everything, hosting people there. So it's not just I'm taking away from them. No, they're working hand-in-hand hand and they're giving back. And the third one that I'll quickly tell you is Anichi Resort and Spa owned by the Marriott Collection. It's going to be a very beautiful property just north of Roseau, which is in a in a smaller town of Portsmouth, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. near there. But I can tell you that, again, these developments have happen after the hurricane, so they see the future in Dominica. It's The key is doing it organically.
0: Uh, you can find out more on the uh, website, discoverdominica.com, and Jerry Grimek is a Canadian rep for Dominica. Appreciate your time, Jerry. Thank you, Randy. Always happy to help. You have a great day. And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveller.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveller.